gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape, and this is another edition of Mixtape Talk. I am joined by a very special guest, Patrick Ellington. He is one of the most, this season in particular, one of the most prolific writers I have read on Black Baseball. You can find his bylines on MLB.com. You can find his bylines. Uh, He did a byline for Baseball America, Baseball Perspectives. There's just a bunch he's doing, and he's joining us. So, Pat, welcome to the mixtape, man. I'm I'm really glad to have you on, brother. Thank you for having me, Keith. I really appreciate it. I'm really glad to be here. Um, I'm really flattered. Thank you. I mean, there's a there's a lot to talk about. We have a short amount of time, but let's 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 start at the end. The season just wrapped up a few days ago. Dusty Baker has won the World Series now. The man's been in the game for 50 plus years. Been a manager all over the world. Um, several several teams came very close with I want to say the Cubs and the Giants. Gets the ring with the Astros. When you look at what that means for black baseball fans, what that means historically, uh, him joining Dave Roberts and Cito Gaskin as the only black managers to win the World Series. Do you, have you had a chance to put in perspective what you think it means, Dusty Baker winning the World Series? Well, Dusty Baker is, um, you know, he personifies a lot of um, things that, that black base that black baseball culture and black American baseball culture specifically um entails, um, especially the, the longevity um that he's had with the game. Um and his commitment to the game. You know, he's he I think he started playing in the majors when he was nineteen, I think. Um, which is crazy to think about him being, you know, seventy three dollars match ever won a World Series, mm-hmm. um, which is a testament to his longevity and um and uh when you the importance of that is big because when you look at just it's only two of the managers that ever done that that are black and also um with him especially the narratives around him were very 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 bad um like when it came to him not getting that that championship mm-hmm. um whether it be um his time with the with the Cubs not getting it, not getting past NLCS, or his time with the Giants not getting past the, the Angels, and then his time with the Astros, you know, trying to help them clean them up, clean them up. So it's very interesting how um, all that went. So, but I mean, I think the importance of Dusty for Black Baseball is big because um, it kind of makes up for you no know, Black American players in the world series. Not granted. There were other black players from other parts of the diaspora and there, and also yeah, Dusty Baker there, and also Michael Brown was injured, and if he wasn't, he would definitely have been in line for the Astros. I think people kind of we would have had oh, one. We definitely yeah. would have had one. Yeah, definitely would have had one. I think people kind of overblown that situation just because you know it, it didn't bring up that he was hurt too, mm. in a sense. But but also um. I think it's big because also Dusty has had a lot of record. Um, he talked about a couple of the players you know, um, from the 1971 Pirates team. He talked about he's talked about our Latinos on record and stuff like that. He's a he's a Renaissance man. He's a very intelligent guy. He's talked about everything. You look at it, you look at his record, and you look at the, the um, he's just he's just a perfect. He's a he's just a 
a very, very great example of what you want a baseball guy, to, a black baseball guy to be in terms of, um, you know, you know, Spanish and stuff like that. You know, his flexibility and his um, his knowledge and his ability to, to adapt and, um, and balance old school with the new school and things like that is very. No, I think it's remarkable. I think it's remarkable the way, like you were talking about, the way he's been able to translate decades and decades and decades of when the game was like when he was playing it. You know, he was back to the same lineup as Hank Aaron. Yeah, and he was on he was on base when uh Henry Aaron uh hit seven fifteen. Right, right. And, and so to be able to go through that as much as he's gone through as a player, then able to be a leader of men. And I, I do think that it's important that when they gave him that job, they gave him that job in the midst of you know, the Astros were in the midst of the, the cheating scandal, players exit mass yeah, exit players. Right. So they they gave him that job as a as an anchor. And not only did uh, he take that job and they just kept winning. Now he delivers the World Series. I, I, I just can't be uh, can't be more excited for him. You alluded to. The you alluded to the fact that there were kind of no black players in the World Series that were playing. We, we talked about Brantley being on the injured injured list for the Astros. And that was the first time since 1950. Uh, I saw another stat that kind of was amazing where it was like, I think it was the first time, and I can't remember how many years that the Philadelphia Phillies didn't have any U.S. born black players. I mean, it was it was the first time since I want to say 1950, 1951, something like that, um, that they didn't have any uh, U.S. born black players on their opening day roster. It's basically the first time since integration that Philly didn't didn't have on their opening day for to be roster a black U.S. born player, which is crazy for me to think. You do it's, a lot. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Phillies have a their history of black players, especially black players from the United States. It's not really that good, especially their treatment of Dick Allen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's 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 really weird. Um, and plus, when we look at the franchise this year, they they. I mean, I mean, we look at that franchise. I mean, that franchise's history in general. I mean, they were one of the last teams to integrate, um, and I think they just now acknowledge the, the player um, that integrated the team too. Um, they haven't really had. You look at their history since, like, the post Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard era. They really haven't had that many black players. Besides, I mean, you saw JB Crawford. Mm. Get a, get a few appearances, and they had um that one guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. Dom- Dominic Brown was it? Uh, not him, the utility player that was kind of R- Roman Quinn. Okay. I, was um, like, was it, I thought Phillies had like a can't miss prospect. Was it Dominic Smith? Like it was a Dominic something. It was JP. Uh, it, was, it was probably JP because he was a really t- top prospect coming out of high school. That's crazy. Well, let me ask this because this season your work has been has, has been like I said prolific. It's been all over the place. It's been a uh, I really enjoyed reading not only uh, your major league stuff but your minor league stuff. And when you go and when you go through the ranks of minor league baseball, uh, it seems to be a, a period for us that's a lot more optimistic. If we go through the minor league ranks, 
we see a lot of really, really exciting black baseball players that hopefully, if not next year, you know, in the next couple of years, will definitely be knocking on the door of Major League Baseball. Is that what you found when you cover minor league baseball? Or are there minor league products, uh, prospects that you've got your eye on that you think will make some real impact in the next couple of years? So it's interesting because I think we're seeing uh, taking black base players from all over African diaspora getting into the game right now. And it's, you know, when you first in baseball in the United States, you got to play in the minors before you play in the majors. And I feel like a lot of people don't have enough respect for the minors in general. But, or, or in a perspective on how good it takes, how, how good you have to be to play in the minors and stuff like that. Like you're already in the 1% of basic players in the world who play in the minors. So uh, let's, I just want to kind of get it out of the way, but, um, you know, seeing base players, um, you know, who are from of African continent descent, um, like um, Af- like Kilbadu, Rice, Rice of the Miners, um, and you got guys from all over, um, like a lot of guys from the Bahamas coming through, Curacao, um, Latin America, um, in the Caribbean, Dominican, Puerto Rico, typical place, Cuba. Um, I think people should be excited. And then, you know, you got Atlanta, good, um, turn on a lot of prospects, like right now, Florida too, um, Texas, Georgia. I mean, say Georgia in general. Um, Maryland's producing a good amount of black players. I think people should be excited. Um, there's a lot of very athletic and tools you got as well. A lot of different skill sets come to the minors. You got six, seven, seven, you got six, seven center fielders, and you got pitchers reaching triple A at age 21 who didn't start pitching until they were 17 years old and they were throwing 88 in the first year minor league, minor league ball. So, um, I think people should, I think people should be excited. Um, they're gonna really see a lot of young black talent from all over the world um, so for a lot of different teams very soon. Any any particular players you got your eyes on? Uh, Bo Naylor, Jamaican Canadian catcher for the Guardians. Kind of biased because I'm a Guardians fan. Right, right. Um, he's very athletic. 2020 season, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Um, very good defensive catcher as well. Um, could throw a lot of runners. Has a very good arm. Very athletic, could block a lot of pitches. Um, you got six, seven, seven. You got six, seven center fielder named James Wood, and uh, national system, uh, lefty bat. Um, very fast, can steal twenty bases. Um, kick ridiculous power to all fields. Um, you got. Well, let me look at. Like, actually, let me pull up my list right quick. Just <laughs> I know. I know the Cardinals have 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 a couple that they Cardinals. Cardinals got like three or four. Yeah, Jordan, um, Jordan Mason Wentz, Mason Wentz, yeah. Jordan Walker, Tim Hintz. Um, Jordan Walker is a infielder, an outfielder, corner, corner infielder, corner outfielder. Um, ridiculous bat, just a lot of power, a lot of contact. Um, very young. Um, Mason Wynn is a shortstop, pure shortstop. Um. Very good glove, uh, very very solid bat, um, very very great speed. So like thirty bases this year, um, mm. ridiculous arm, eighty great arm easily, and it's, it's crazy. Tinkins is very young, um, very very toolsy. Um, the Cardinals have been very careful with him so far. Um, his fastball has a lot of life. Um, it's a, it's a perfect pitch. I mean, it's quintessential. Um. We're seeing fastball with a lot of rise and tail. Um, 
his slider and his curveball have a lot of potential and totally just change up. He has very good command as well, so we'll see what he can do as he coaches up for minors. Um, Gardens have a lot. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The Gardens have a lot of young black talent in their system as well. Um, they got Georgia Valera, Xavier Carey, Tristan McKenzie, Will Benson, mm-hmm. Bone Neiler, as I mentioned before, Josh Naylor, um, well, Richie Palacios. Um, yeah, they're, oh. they're stacked. Um, there's another uh cat out of the in the Double Rays organization, right? Is it Todd Bradley, pitcher that you have you written about? That's Todd Bradley. Um, yeah, yeah, I wrote about Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, I think he's he's he was up at the end of the season, right? No, he wasn't. He, he no, got up triple A and that was it. Um, um, he was very not he was he was real close though. Um Xavier Edwards is another player in the um race system. That's really good. Um Jeter Downs, another the um Colombian prospect for the uh, Red Sox made his debut this year. That yep. was really cool. Um, his brother played in the same system as him for a minute too. That was cool. That's crazy. So when you are writing in general, just about prospects, when you're writing about uh, about baseball, what are the things that are getting you excited as you kind of go through this season and you're going into the next season? When you're just looking at the – kind of take a step back and look at the big picture of the game – what what's some of the cool elements that is like, man, I really like writing about this? Um, the history and um, um and the parallels the parallels history of um of the game of the parallels from black from the Negro Leagues to now, um and the history that's been paved and um and the influences and also uh yeah, the diversity. Um baseball kind of um, highlights a lot of things about black people, especially like with the West Hemisphere when it comes to our history and um, our, our diversity and nuances and also our connectivity in terms of um, how we use certain things and, and, and make spaces for each other and things like that as we travel the world. And, and um, but it's, so it's kind of cool how baseball is part of that in a sense, um, in a big way, when you really look at the history. Um, but also um, the, the grandness of it all, when you kind of look at baseball, it's, I mean, it's really in the top tier of sports for sports history for black people. I mean, and that's not just black Americans. I mean, I could, you has searches across a lot of different nationalities and stuff. And that's one thing that really makes me um, proud to be a fan of the game. So now, and I agree with, I agree with you a hundred percent. I often, because of, where I am in my in my age and the way I, I look at the world, I can often track history, like important dates in like world history based off of what year it was and what was happening in the game, which sounds mm-hmm. crazy, right? No, but, it makes perfect sense though. Like, I mean, like when you think about, I mean, you say Jackie Robinson, the current flood, I mean, that's 40s, 60s. I mean, that's, I mean, or Henry Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think about the 60s, I mean, you think about Frank Robinson, you think about the 60s and the 70s, I mean, then think about Jeter in the 90s, 2000s. I mean, I perfectly understand what you mean, what, you, what you're trying to say. Um, and, and I don't think people realize, like, um, how, how much, I mean, the pacification of, of black baseball, too, 
uh, of people like Jackie Robinson or Roberto Clemente, who people didn't even know was a black man, and he was very adamant about being acknowledged as a black man on record. Um, Rod Carew, like people don't know that Rod Carew demanded a trade from the Twins, not because they wouldn't extend them, because of what their owner said about black players mm. and black people. I mean, that's why you got traded to Angels. Um, many people don't, and many people don't really understand the what race has, what race identity nationality is, and how they, how they intersect, and how translation slave trade worked, and how, um, and how black people were dispersed throughout the Americas, and also they don't realize the history of black people in Latin America and North America and, and how it worked with um comes to people freeing themselves and 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 creating space for each other and how baseball parallels that um in a sense especially black baseball when it comes to black American players um going to new leagues to play and vice versa. Um so it's a lot of it's a lot of layers to this, to the whole thing that that really don't get properly appreciated or covered like they should. So, and and I know the easy answer on the surface is that happens that way because history in general is layered. People don't like to have layered conversations, right? They like to have big simple pictures. conversations, right? 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 So it's like the 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 more nuanced you get in these mm-hmm. directions when you talk about history when you talk about uh you know the the role that baseball can play there's a lot it, it just you what well, you said it just gets layered and layered and layered and it gets more complex and i think people like you and i actually love the history right we yeah. love we actually love the the layers and the nuances and the like oh this happened over here so yeah like um, putting together the first hand accounts of like Exactly. Who were there, exactly. Like, with the with the journalists who were there, and like looking at the history of U.S. policy, with whatever public government they had in in this country that they're playing at the time. Like Quincy Trope, for example, was great. This is a great example. Um, the first black catcher to ever play in the American League, and just sold Cleveland. Um, he wrote a autobiography called Twenty Years Too Soon," mm. and um, and he talked about playing in. Puerto Rico, Cuba, Venezuela, Mexico, et cetera, et cetera. And, and all these are all these different places in Latin America he played in. Um, and this is in like the 30s and the 40s when baseball was still young. So like, so this is when like when like, he was a Negro Leagues player mostly. So this is when like the Negro Leagues, right during the winter, they would go, all the Negro Leagues players would go to Latin America to play because mm-hmm. they had to feed the families. I mean, right. And the mirrors, like I mean, and 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 it's weird. It's crazy how those legacies stretch a certain day. And and with like, um, and there are also a lot of Latin American players who who were the son of Latin American players who were, who played in the Negro Leagues too, like Luis II. Oh, yeah. Um, his father played in the Negro Leagues, mm-hmm. and like many people don't understand that or know that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. They they couldn't play major league baseball, right? Right. So it was. It was an opportunity. I mean, yeah, like many people don't know, like Louis C.M. II protested James James Grant, James Muckett Grant's Black Aces book because it didn't have any Black Latinos in it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, 
it's it's fascinating, but I it, it is like you were saying. It's so layered and complex. It's so layered and it complex. just scares a lot of people away. And and, and, then... and and it's yeah, it's it's layered and complex, and it's it's um, I think ultimately the idea is you want to get it right, and right. I think some of it is so challenged in a way where it's like you possibly can't get it all right. Right. So some people make it, um, you know, instead of it just makes it more complicated than it needs to be in some ways. And when we're talking about, again, history in the game, uh, because it's there, there's so many elements of it. And unfortunately, like you were saying, our first hand accounts, especially of those times from the, you know, the or- early organized Negro League days, which is like 1921 up until, you know, 47 ish, it, it's it's like less and less of those first hand accounts are, are are able to be told in an accurate right. way. And then yeah. people don't know that like um first black professional baseball players were playing in the 1880s in their early major league iteration. I mean so technically right before they the 60 year ban. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Jackie Robinson technically reintegrated major league baseball. Right. I mean because people don't mean I mean was we we literally invented the catcher's gear. I mean we invented a small ball um, like Paul, um, um, Buckley Neal talks a lot about black baseball, baseball, and big small ball and stuff like that. He was he was really proud of that one. That's awesome. That's so. Let me fast forward before I get you out of here, Pat. Because okay. as we look at the game now, and we all, everybody, every opening day, you know, it's like clockwork now. And every opening day, you see one or two articles that say, you know. Baseball is at the lowest percent of again black black U.S. players. They're like every year you hear it's like oh it's at you know seven percent or it's a you know fluctuates between six and eight uh, of something of that nature. And we've had probably about a decade of like major league baseball initiatives. Some of starting to um, even get more momentum if you look at like the Hank Aaron Invitational or some of the things that Major League Baseball is doing. Uh, whether it's RBI, but you're you're starting to see now. I guess you're starting to get a real measuring stick of if some of these initiatives are working. When you look at the game and you see kind of where the where the numbers are and you see where the direction of the game is going, uh, do you think? What do you think? Should there be more done to to be like more done at the top, more done at the youth level, more done? Like, how do you think we? encourage more black players to play the game uh at every level i think it starts with cost um cost of access to facilities and um top tier leagues and took access to good competition access to um things like that mostly that that helps build skills to communities and stuff like that for players because I don't think people realize in order to be good, you got to probably start playing at a very young age. So just with that access in your in your early years, getting the fundamentals down. Um, and I also think there's also more time too. Um, people have to let these programs work, and we're seeing them work. We just saw a whole bunch of players from the RBI programs debut this year and last year or the year before. Like a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm sure, right. like Hunter Green, Hunter Green. Like sure. this year was one of them, and he was on Sports Illustrated cover as a high schooler. 
which is crazy to think about. Um, so we just got to give it some time. I don't think people realize with baseball, you got to be patient a little bit. It's, I, it's, it's not like in how in football where it's just they get to three years and they go straight to the league and or in how in, how in uh, basketball, you can it's like how in soccer, you can, I mean, overseas, those who are playing, playing pro basketball at 15, 13, 14 years old. I mean, and and honestly, they could probably do it over here if they wanted to. They're good, they're good enough to play in the NBA at 14, 15 years old. Honestly, I mean, maybe not, maybe right in high school. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but that's another I, thing, too. I, look, I, I'd probably give you the MLS. I, 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 like, they do the same thing. So the whole system, uh, you know, outside of the United States is, is much different when it comes to, you know, their biggest their, their biggest game is, is, you know, global football, or we call it soccer, you know. Right. And they, you know, they put, uh, you know, 8, 10, 12-year-olds, right, like, Liverpool has them in the Liverpool Academy at those ages to ultimately get them up to. Oh yeah, I know about the football academies and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, and then and then you hear about the females that, that start playing at 16, 17 years old, like Ronaldo or Messi or somebody. Yeah, like yeah. Good. So I, and I, then, I'm a little more hesitant in basketball. I don't. I, the 15 year old in baseball they do too because Luis Robert yeah. started playing in the Cuban National Series when he was 15. Yeah, you know, there, there's. I bet you there's some. You know, because we see we see Bryce Harper. Uh, Bryce Harper yeah. when he was fifteen, gonna probably play in the minors. In the minors, yeah. I was gonna say because what Tatis and Vlad, what they hit like what were they 22, 21 when they hit majors? Yeah, so they started playing in the minors. Are like and they and they're yeah. Plus, I mean, plus JT Sons was sixteen, seventeen years old when they started playing in the minors all the time. Yeah, so. so it's like it, it's it's definitely I definitely can see a path to it, but I I I'm with. But you. I just think it's I just think it's what I just think it's access to. Access at early age to quality facilities, quality coaching, quality equipment, um, and 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 it being at an affordable level, like how at the grassroots level and that grassroots support that's similar to football and basketball on community level that we mm. used to have in baseball that we don't. Like I'm sure you can probably recall more support or. You can recall, um, I'm like I'm sure all of it is yes. Yes, yeah, like all I'm sure, of the yeah, answer like, to all yeah, of I'm, it I'm sure, is yes. I'm sure you can recall when when baseball had that community support that football and basketball had in our communities. Yes, like I mean, like it should. I mean, even like even like back in the day when Negro leagues were were around, every black every black city had a had a baseball team. Mm-hmm. And it was a professional level baseball team. What do you think? Last thing, last thing, because this is a good, this is a good uh, conversation in that sense. It's a good time. I think it's just, and I think, and I think, and I think people don't really think about ownership when they think of baseball. I think they just think too much of whiteness and don't they don't have enough knowledge of of everything that we've done on our own with the game and how much sovereignty, sovereignty, sovereignty related to the game that we have in a sense too. What role do you think the media plays in this? Everything. I think the history, the way they talk about, and the way the way they emphasize integration, um, in a sense. Uh, I think the media is, plays a huge part in, in, in the covers. That's my thing too, because I remember. Yeah, I like, feel like they, they. I feel like they infantile, infant, 
I feel like they they parentalized Major League Baseball over New League Baseball when they were really equals, right? In terms of attention, like quality, even even tickets and, and things like even profit profitability things like that. Like I don't think people realize like there were New League New League teams that were running out Major League Baseball stadium because they had to Yankee Stadium demand. They were Yankee not Yankee Stadium. stadium. My, um, my, both both Pittsburgh both both Pittsburgh teams were, were routinely running out the Pirates stadium yeah. to, to um holster stuff. My my thing with the media, even when you move it forward to contemporary, is where I would say I don't know now and it got to be twenty years ago ish, but you saw Kim Griffey Jr. household name Barry Bonds household name, uh, even Frank Thomas how you know people knew who these people were. And now it's like you ask. Nobody knows who Mookie Bess is. Like Pat, you, nobody we, at the barbershop. Nobody at the barbershop knows talks about Mookie Bess. Pat, we're gonna leave it there. But that's my point, and that's what people like you, Pat, everybody, follow Pat's portfolio. His bylines are everywhere. Let everybody know where they can find you, real quick. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter, tangible underscore uno. Um, on our portfolio clippings.me clippings click c l i p p i n g s dot m e slash tangible uno. Um that's really it. Hey, one um, of my favorite my bonds at baseball America, Major League Baseball, um first respect is um Garden Festival Insider. Um I cover Minor Baseball, Major League Baseball. Um and I do independent coverage of black prospects and minor league baseball and um black stars and major league baseball. Yeah, you're one of my favorite reads, man. You're Thank one you. of the best parts of the season was being able to read. And I'm also a member of Saudi American Baseball, Saudi American Baseball Research, and I um do write for them as well. I apologize, my bad. No, you're man. good, man. You're good. Show it all, man. We, look, we're gonna put the link to where everybody can follow cool. you, uh, Pat. This will the first time. It will not be the last, man. So let's Absolutely. get together and, and chop it up it, some more, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is mixtape talk. Until next time, we see it. Thank <laughs> you.